Hi, and welcome to the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast. I'm Bill Weisbrot, Senior Reporter with DebtWire, and today we are joined by John Klein, Managing Director in New Mountain Capital's credit business and President of New Mountain Finance Corp Business Development Company. Last month, New Mountain announced the close of $1.15 billion in commitments to its Guardian 3 private credit fund. So we are going to talk about the current state of private credit investing as that fund gets to work deploying capital. Thanks for joining us, John. Bill, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to, to join you and your audience. Cool. Let's get right to it. How would you assess the environment for private credit deals in light of your new fund and where that stands? Well, I, I really feel like we timed the fundraise pretty well. We wrapped up the fundraise, as you mentioned, um, in October, and that really coincided with what, what, what really was record deal flows in the direct lending market. Uh, and and in, as I mentioned, you know, in Q3, uh, I think across the market, we saw a great deal flow. Here at New Mountain, uh, I think we saw a particularly strong deal flow. And, uh, and that really has continued into the fourth quarter. We just see a, a great opportunity to partner with our sponsor clients to finance uh, great companies in uh, growth areas of the economy. Uh, we're seeing record purchase uh, multiples uh, uh, that are being paid by, by our sponsor clients. Uh, we're seeing uh, great loan-to-value cushions that I think make our investors uh, comfortable with what we're doing. And uh, you know, the sectors that we're focused on are really healthy and growing. And those sectors include healthcare services, uh, business services. Uh, software, uh, subscription businesses, life sciences, and uh, happy to get more into that. But uh, we're just seeing a great deal environment out there. Yeah, I mean, why are those sectors particularly attractive at the moment relative to others? Sure, and that really goes to, to our philosophy here at New Mountain. And, and our philosophy uh, in both private equity and in the credit business, which I, which I manage, is really to try to find uh, investments in the the, the, the most healthy, stable, and growing areas of the economy. And so that's really what we're, we're, what we're targeting. And, and that really dovetails with the focus of a lot of the best uh, spon- uh, um, uh, private equity sponsors that we see in the market. And uh, we just see uh, a, a lot of great uh, niches of the economy where there's real technology uh, disruption and, and tailwinds that really stem from uh, just amazing advances in technology, and we're really focused on on making great loans to to, to the to those sectors. And our general philosophy is uh, we just want to have exposure to really healthy businesses. We're okay if we have to 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 uh, to finance those businesses at slightly higher multiples, uh, but we really think that's the way to 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 minimize risk. It's just focus on the the the, the best companies that we can possibly fa- uh, find in the. In the U.S. economy, and that that's just that's been our focus. And I think it's a great time to do that because uh, there are definitely sectors that are um, that are just really well advantaged and have just have massive tailwinds. Are there any sectors that you're steering clear of, and has the sector is the sector focus for this fund different at all from previous New Mountain funds, or just your just in general your investment strategy in recent years? Sure. Perhaps I could take the second part of that question first. And essentially, when I think about our business, that one of the things I'm most proud of is we've been incredibly consistent 
uh, in our investment strategy. We've been uh, in the credit business here at New Mountain since 2008. Uh, we've been in the private equity business since 1999. And essentially, the guiding philosophy of our firm as a whole is that we focus on defensive growth uh, businesses within quality sectors. Uh, we really feel like the best way to avoid to have great returns in credit is to avoid default losses. And to avoid default losses, the best way to do that is be, is be in the best sectors of the economy and the best companies within this in the, within those sectors. So that is our strategy. I talked about a lot of the areas of the economy that we focus on. What resonates to our investors is is what we don't invest in, and we, we don't invest in uh, um, sectors of the economy that are uh, unpredictable, volatile, secularly challenged, uh, and so uh, sectors that we may stay stay further away from would be automotive retail, restaurants, um, any any oil and gas investments, building products, uh, travel and leisure, which you know we've seen the volatility in that sector uh, during COVID, old line media, which is getting replaced by new media, uh, heavy industrials, uh, manufacturing. So there are clearly businesses doing well in those sectors, but from a credit uh, investor's perspective, uh, you never get paid for the upside. You only get you, you can only really be hurt by the downside. And the best we can hope for is to collect our coupons and get paid our principal at the end of the at the end of the the the, the maturity. And so a lot of these sectors uh, they may be good, they may be bad, uh, but they're very tough to predict. And I think that makes them more challenging as credit investments. And so that's really the core of our philosophy here at New Mountain. What size deals are you going to be targeting for this fund and what type of hold sizes do you have in mind? And also, how does that differ from previous New Mountain funds, if at all? Sure. So I think as I've talked about, we're, we're just really focused on just finding the best deals within the general uh, direct lending economy. So we'll do deals that are as small as uh, $10 million of earnings. We'll, do, uh, we'll, we'll be a participant in very large uh, $3 billion club direct lending deals. Our mentality is, just, is that we want access to the best deals that we can find. And so uh, there, there's a real range of, um, of, of deal sizes. That said, I'd say our bread and butter is, is, is finding technology-oriented companies and, and either being a, a, a large you know, uh, club member in those deals. And increasingly, we're really focused on leading a lot of deals in the $200 million, $200 million to $400 million deal size. And I think really what's allowed us to do that is the expansion of our platform. When we only had the publicly traded BDC, uh, our check size might have topped out at $75 million or, or, or $80 million. But, but with the expansion of our business, and I think a, a big part of that expansion is Guardian 3, we've been able to, to move our check size uh, up to $200 million. And so uh, that really allows us to do the speak for the whole tranches on smaller deals and also be a very relevant uh, syndicate member on the, on the larger you know, billion-dollar-plus club deals, which is you know, obviously a growing trend out there. So we feel great about, uh, about uh, our, our check size and our capacity to, to be relevant across the continuum of deal sizes. How do you think borrowers are assessing private credit versus, you know, public syndicated or high yield markets at the moment? You know, especially on that, say, 200 to 400 million or even above size deal, given, you know, borrower friendly conditions for those public deals. And, you know, what, how, yeah, what, what's the competitive dynamic like there? I really think it comes down to to the style of the sponsor. I think different sponsors have different um, different agendas and they have different interests. Um, in general, I'd say one of the biggest trends that we could talk about in direct lending is the fact that 
the, the direct lending club deals are getting bigger and bigger. Uh, you know, before COVID, if 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 uh, if you saw a billion dollar deal, you say, "Wow, that's big." Now, uh, a billion dollar deals are commonplace. Two billion dollar deals are commonplace, and we've even uh, breached the 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 three billion dollar you know club deal range. And I think that is largely a function of sponsors that have historically been very comfortable with with club deal execution that used to be two to three billion dollars in fund size, and now they're eight, nine, ten, eleven billion dollars in fund size, but they have such comfort with their relationships in the direct lending world that they want to stick with that. And so we've really felt like uh, we've had a great opportunity uh, to grow with our clients and continue to be relevant to their needs. I, I think in general, uh, the biggest advantage that direct lending solutions have is the speed of execution. And, the, and one of the, the main things that we've seen during COVID is that the, the speed of, of the deal processes in the private equity business have just sped up dramatically. Uh, and, and so that, that has created, I think, a need for lending solutions to be very, very fast, very, very certain, and very, very crisp in our execution so that we can be there for our clients who need to move fast to win some of the best deals, the best properties on the market. So uh, that's really where I think direct lenders can shine. And that's just vastly diff different than the syndicated option, which generally takes longer to come together and has a very long tail uh, that, that is really represented by that, that syndication uh, process, which can be a little bit painful. I, I think in general, there are some sponsors that take the view they can still get slightly better pricing in the syndicated market. But 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 the 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 a lot of our core clients really just take the view that even if they have to pay an extra twenty five or fifty basis points for a direct lending solution, that's just worth it because they can feel confident that 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 solution is going to work for them and is going to to be put in place very quickly. Do you find that borrowers or sponsors often they have a deal in mind? They they're weighing both syndicated versus uh, private debt at the same time, or do you do you find it you know a sponsor they have a preference for one or the other, and and or, or you know they they just think their deal makes a sense for one or the other, and and that's just what they're going to do. It's really it's a great question. I, I think it just depends on on every every deal is a little different, but I would say in general we see clients that have extremely strong preferences. And so many times they're going, going to decide which way they want to go. And once they make that decision, then they can go out to the relevant lenders in the two different marketplaces. Occasionally, uh, you know, you may have a, a client that will uh, compare and contrast the, the syndicated option versus the direct option. But, but I just feel like a lot of our best clients uh, make the decision up front and, and then they, 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 they get committed to the market that they want to approach for financing. And, and, and that's what they're go going to go with. But again, I think it's, it's, it's very uh, deal by deal dependent. Well, you know, to that point, and just to the, the general state of the market for what you what you're looking at, say, you know, a year and a half ago was quite different. And we really, you know, it seems like there's, there's a, a quick bounce back from COVID driven market upheaval and, and things got really borrower friendly again, or funds got really comfortable lending pretty quickly. But, you know, since then, say in the past 12 months or longer, how would you say the private credit market has evolved, if at all, or, or you know, just to take it back, you know, 18 months, you know, over the past year, year and a half, how would you say the private credit market has evolved and conditions have evolved? Sure. I mean, I really think it goes back to the, the, the growth in, in deal size. So, you know, I think we've had to evolve. And I think that evolution has really been driven by 
uh, our clients. And and I, I really think uh, to, to when you think about the direct lending market, uh, we're, we're here to serve our clients. And when we think about the core clients that have used direct lending solutions, you know, for the for the past uh, 10, 10 plus years, uh, they're just growing so fast because they've, they've had such great returns and they've had uh, such tremendous deal velocity that uh, as, as a as a market, I think we've had to really uh, fight to keep pace with the growth of of, of, of the great private equity firm, firms out there. So I think that's the 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 way uh, the biggest trend that I see in the market, and that's resulted in in, in the bigger deal sizes and uh, and, and just um, you know the 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 enhanced spotlight on the direct lending market. I really think that's going to continue. Um, and, and I think uh, it's, it's going to continue because our clients are very healthy. Uh, our, our solution makes a lot of sense. And we can provide, uh, I think, the flexibility and, and the speed of execution that just is not necessarily always available in the syndicated market. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, the, the, the relationship between the sponsor and, and its, its, its lending partners is is, is just that it's a very partnership or oriented um, um, uh, um, uh, combination. And, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, we just have to be mindful uh, to always be there to, to serve our clients needs uh, as it relates to, to, to deal structures that they need to, to have a successful, um, uh, successful uh, uh, leverage buyout. So it sounds like at the moment, you know, the, the value proposition for, private credit funds such as yourself are is that you know speed of close certainty of close and just a um a, you know a, a quicker transaction maybe at the expense of of pricing relative to the syndicated markets is that fair to say i think that's a big part of the value prop that we're seeing uh the one other thing that i would mention is that the syndicated markets are tremendously re- reliant on uh, on the ratings that are that are uh, presented by uh, Moody's and S and P, and and so when an issuer has to consider whether they want to go to a syndicated option or a direct lending option, uh, if, if they choose the syndicated path, they have to be very comfortable that they're going to present uh, something that's going to fit into the, the the credit box of the rating agencies, and uh, and and that may or may not be in the interest of the of the sponsor. And and the way we look at it is that if if we are presenting a direct lending option for a great company that is being bought for uh, a very big multiple from a from a, a high quality sponsor, that enables us to to structure with, with more creativity and 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 to fill to um, to um, to meet the needs of the sponsor better than uh, than the syndicated option uh, often does. And so I think that's a, just a, a huge value add to to the sponsors. And you know the the, the market has evolved tremendously. I mean, it used to be that you know in the le- in the leverage buyout market, sponsors would put up. Uh, you know, 30% of the purchase price and equity, and the rest would be debt. And today, uh, you know, when we look at our portfolio, our average loan to value is about 40%, meaning that the sponsors put up 60% of the purchase price and equity, and we provide 40% in debt. So if we're really the icing and uh, the icing of the transaction and not the cake of the transaction, we feel like that should uh, allow us to be more flexible and to and to, to give structures and, and, and structural accommodations to the sponsor. And a lot of times those structural accommodations may or may not fit in, into the Moody's or, or S&P credit box. Gotcha. So you mentioned that you look at a pretty wide range of deal sizes from the jumbo multi-billion dollar unit tranches to much smaller, you know, say, say you know, 
10, tens of EBITDA um, or, you know, sub 20 EBITDA companies, you know, right now, where's, where's the, the greater value proposition, you know, in the middle at, at the ends, like what, what segment of the market in terms of size, are you seeing the best value proposition? Well, it's an interesting question. I mean, normally there is uh, there's a material uh, uh, pricing uh, uh, gradation throughout the, the you know the quant throughout the the lower middle market, middle market, upper middle market. But I would say one thing about you know this environment is uh, the gradations are very tight. So I, I think that uh, on a small market deal, you're just not going to see the pricing premium that you pro- that you you may have seen uh, before COVID, which I think puts a uh, a real emphasis on making sure that you just make the great credit fix because the, the pricing is essentially a say, the same across a lot of different sizes of businesses. And I would say the same thing, just uh, not only in this in the size of companies, but also the overall credit quality of businesses. You know, a credit quality companies will be will be priced only twenty five or fifty bips tight to uh, businesses that are maybe B or B minus credit quality companies. And so. Uh, when we talk uh, amongst ourselves here at New Mountain, we just think that we're just never being paid enough to take 25 or 50 extra bips for the B quality business. So we're always going to going to take the lower pricing and 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 lean towards the A quality business uh, because the pricings are you know really really very very tight spread between the the, the different quality businesses. So it sounds like there's not a lot of price premium at the lower end of the market right now. Is that fair to say? I, I think there's I think there's less price premium than we saw uh, COVID. So I think pricing is very flat uh, throughout the continuum of deal sizes, and, and so I think that is that's a, a, a more fair statement today than it's ever been. And you know I think as I've alluded to, that just makes us want to uh, stick to the highest quality deals that we can find because there's just there's absolutely no incentive to to either go too far down market or 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 take a little uh, incremental credit risk because we're just not being paid for it. Got it. All right. Well, the last thing is BDCs. You know, you you're big in the BDC market. You know, we've gone through a lot of consolidation now. Where does the BDC market stand at this moment? We have a, our flagship fund is is New Mountain Finance Corporation. It has a ticker NMFC. It trades publicly. And uh, and one thing about the BDC industry is is I think it's really evolved over the last uh, the last few years. I mean, when we when we got into the the publicly traded market in 2011, I think it was a real uh, a mixed uh, group of managers. There were some very high quality managers, and there were some, you know, lower quality managers that were in, in the public sphere. And, and I think that was not necessarily good for for the industry. But one thing that we've really seen over the last five years is that uh, all of the high quality managers within the direct lending space have really uh, focused on on getting into the BDC industry and really focused on on making sure that they have a, at least one vehicle that, that that's public. And I think what that does is that creates just broader interest in direct lending. And hopefully what that's going to do is it's, it's going to make us into more of, a, of, a, of an asset class that, 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 that retail investors and institutional investors will feel the need to have exposure to. So, you know, we're a long way from being, uh, you know, anything close to what the REIT asset class is. But, but I think our goal is, 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 to, is to, you know, become more like REITs and more top of mind for investors when they think about ways to get really good quality enhanced yield. And I think it's a particularly attractive moment in time because we're offering enhanced yield that certainly is better than the high yield index, better than investment grade, but we also have uh, the tailwind of of investing in floating rate loans, which in a time of inflation is is very attractive. So I'm very optimistic about, uh, about the industry 
just getting better and, and just getting a better reputation and attracting more capital that goes with that stronger reputation. What about uh, size? Like how much does size matter in terms of being a big BDC and a private credit fund? I guess this is the last question I'll lead you, lead you with, but you know, how much does size matter in terms of um, you know, both BDC size and, and fund size? Well, boy, I, I, as someone who's really a mid-sized uh, uh, direct, d- direct lender, uh, I, I guess I would have to admit that size matters. Uh, I, I think you know sponsors definitely want partners that that can that can um, you know be a big part of their capital structure. They want to have high certainty that their deal has has been done. But size is not more important than than uh, than relationships, uh, speed of execution, and and from an investor perspective, size is 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 not more important than great credit selection. So. When I think about our size, uh, as I said, we're mid-sized, but we're certainly big enough to be very relevant in every direct lending deal. We have the industry expertise and the speed of execution to be very relevant as a, as a deal leader in, in, in sort of the 200 to $400 million tranche size. And so we feel great about it. But uh, I'd be lying if I said there's not pressure to get bigger so that we can uh, you know, be a better solution to a broader range of our clients. Well, thanks, John. Well, you know, I guess one follow up to that bigger how I mean, through, you know, BDC M&A, are you looking at M&A in the BDC space, just more fundraising? How how do you get bigger? Sure. I mean, I, I think we took a, a really big step with with Guardian 3, which, as you mentioned, is, uh, you know, about 1.1 billion of equity. And, and with the, the modest amount of leverage we'll use, it gets up to about 1.9 billion of buying power. Uh, we have a big separate account with a with a big U.S. pension that. Uh, that, that provides us you know, incremental scale and ability to to speak for for incremental deal size and and so but but I think really fundraising for us at New Mountain and for a lot of people you know in the direct lending space it really never stops and I think it dovetails with the point I was I was making earlier which is I just feel like we're we're just all struggling to keep up with the growth of our clients you know I I like to joke you know whenever an investor asks me you know am I worried that direct lending is such a hot asset class. Uh, I say, well, uh, I take a lot of comfort that we're the second hottest asset class. The hottest asset class uh, is middle market tech-oriented buyout firms. And uh, I think I mentioned earlier that there are just so many of our clients that five years ago, they were $3 billion funds, and now they're $12 billion funds. And, and so I think that is really the, the number one thing to think about uh, when, 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 um, when thinking about the, the, the opportunities that, that direct lenders have, and, and also just it would be the pitch I would make that there is actually pretty good equal equilibrium in the market because it's a, it's just a balanced amount of capital between the debt that's available and and the and the equity that uh, that that certainly needs to be put to work in in great uh, growth oriented deals. Well, that's it. Thanks for taking the time, John. Appreciate it, and best of luck. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the DebtWire Middle Market Podcast, and don't forget to like and subscribe.